Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. All right, you can be seated real quick. I'm going to read from Isaiah. I've got a number of verses of Scripture to read here. I'm going to begin chapter number 6. I'm beginning with verse number 1. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Uh, The train of his robe here is significant of his glory. The train represents the train of a bride. When she's getting married, represents the glory of the bride. So when the Bible says the train of the Lord or the train of his robe, it means his glory filled the temple. Verse 2 says, Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. Verse 3 says, And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And let me just stop there real quick and say that from Isaiah's point of view, the earth was not filled with his glory. Amen? It didn't look like it to him. A lot of things were wrong. A lot of things were happening. A lot of bad things were taking place. And yet the seraphim We're saying that the earth is filled with his glory. Oh, that I could see the Lord high and lifted up and understand that no matter how bad things look in this life sometimes and no matter how hard things can get sometimes, I can remember that the earth is filled with his glory if I can just tap into that. Praise God. Uh, verse number four says, And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Now, I'm going to try to preach a message today, but as I'm reading through these verses, I just have to expound on it for a moment, okay? Because I have seen so many people come into the presence of the Lord and feel that very thing. And you're supposed to feel wonderful when you come into the presence of God. And he's supposed to fix all of your troubles and make your life good. And all of your problems go away and hope is restored where there was depression and discouragement. And everything is supposed to be wonderful when I come to the presence of the Lord. But when Isaiah saw God, his first reaction was, woe is me. Do not be confused when someone invites you to come to church or you decide, I'm going to get down and I'm going to pray and get a hold of God. And before anything happens, you start feeling miserable. And you walk into the church and you feel awful. And you feel like something's wrong. And you're not comfortable with the feeling that you're feeling. All you are doing is you are seeing yourself and you're seeing this world in comparison to what you are feeling in the presence of God. And it is never a good thing. And so what we do is the Bible teaches us to repent and draw near to Him. And if we will say, I feel awful because I've been involved with this world. Lord, help me to be more involved with you. Those feelings start transitioning until suddenly you, with joy, 
and with boldness you enter into his presence because you have put behind you the things that tear you down. My friend, if you have not repented of your sin, do it right now. It only takes a second to say, not my will, thine be done. Lord, you make me, you mold me, you create in me how you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And what's worse, I dwell in the midst of unclean people. <laughs> Was he talking about 2024? My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And verse 7 says, he touched my mouth with it. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. There's nothing comfortable about a live coal touching your lips. And there is nothing comfortable about the holy, pure Spirit of God touching your sin-contaminated heart and mind. Nothing comfortable about that. Nothing. Until you find out that I went down in the water in his name and I came up cleansed. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, make plans to get that done. Have your sins washed away so that with Isaiah, you can look at your feelings that say, woe is me, and suddenly hear the voice of God speaking to you directly. And he said, who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, after this experience, said, here am I. I'll go. I wonder if someone wouldn't raise their hand with me today and say, here am I. I don't know what I have to offer, but Lord, you made me in your image, so I must have something. Here am I. Send me. When I'm at the grocery store tomorrow, make me aware of the lost souls that are around me that may need to hear a word of encouragement. When I'm on the job tomorrow, make me aware of the coworkers that are watching me to see what you're like. When I'm with my family this afternoon, let them see a difference in me. And even though they don't always like it, let me stand true for who you are and who I am in you. Someone said amen. I want to talk to you today about five elements of Isaiah's vision. And he ended verse, uh, that, this portion of Scripture in verse 8 when the question was, who will go for us? He said, here am I. I'll go. What do you have to offer the Lord? What do you have to offer Him? Most of us are thinking right now, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really smart. I don't have the talents other people have. I don't have, I don't know. I, I can't talk. I'm not good at that kind of awkward. Do you know that, ev that every single 
one of us that breathes has something that God put in you to use for him. Now, I don't care how this world has made you feel. I don't care how family has beat you down or rejected you. I don't care what brothers have done, mothers have done, sisters have done, fathers have done, friends have done, uncles have done, teachers have done. Co I don't care. There is something in you that is unique. I'm talking to somebody that is uniquely put there by God to be used for his name's sake. And if you refuse to use it for him, nobody else has it. He will of necessity have to try to make it up in somebody else to do what only you can do. Do not Think of yourself as useless or worthless because if God put breath in you, it was to be used for his glory. I, I'm telling you, we'll get to the notes next week, but I am talking to somebody today who the devil has beat down and life has beat down and family has beat down and co-workers have beat down and classmates have beat down and uncles have beat down and aunts have beat down and I'm here to tell you, you are special to God. Special. Unique. One of a kind. Nobody else like you. He made you divinely inspired to be who you are and use it for his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I, gotta, I just got to say, you're not dumb. You're not ignorant. You're not stupid. You're not ugly. You're not crazy. You're not an emotional basket case. You are what God made you to be. And this world is trying to turn you into something different than what God made you to be. Don't let it happen. Find your identity in him, not in them. All right. That's enough, right? I'll move on. I'll get back to my notes. I just had to tell somebody that. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I don't know if this is a true story or not. I read it. It might be true. It could be true. And it's amazing how important little things are. I can't get away from it. I'm trying, but... Do you realize that your pathway through the rest of your life is on a different trajectory because you are here this morning? You understand that? You were going like this and you decided, I'm going to go to church. And you went to church and now, you are, whether you like it or not, you are on a different trajectory, because you don't enter the presence of the Lord and walk away unchanged. And change may not happen as fast as you want it to, but give God time. 
He is a master surgeon. Some surgeries you go into, you're in and out just like that. Other surgeries take time. He's a master. And the rest of your life is going to change because you made a decision to get up and come here today. Not because Maranatha Ministries is so important, but because Maranatha Ministries is made up of a group of people who are, um, who are two or three that have gathered together to worship him. And there he is in their midst. Your life going forward will never be the same as it was going to be had you not come into the presence of the Lord. I'm telling somebody that. Our God is good, isn't he? <clears throat> there was a church who had their slogan. It's a good slogan, too. Came from a verse of Scripture that says, Where there is no vision, who can finish it for me? The people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But like many things in our life, we start off with a big bang. And I'm not talking about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I'm talking about we're going to do this, going to do that, change this, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then things start, life comes back on us, huh? And this church had out on their front porch the slogan above their door that said, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But time went on. And nobody kept track, and nobody painted, and nobody fixed things up the way Brother Bruce does, and nobody helped Brother Bruce, and he was trying to do it all alone, and he couldn't keep up with all the stuff that happened. And suddenly one day, one of the W's up there on the sign kind of fell down a little bit. Nobody noticed it, nobody really cared. And before long, the W just fell right down. Now, how can tell me, who can tell me here what word you get from where when you remove the W? Here. And now the sign said, here there is no vision. The people perish. <laughs> Just a little W transforms the statement. Do you understand that it does not take great, mighty things to totally transform your life. It takes little, one little W, one little day of getting up and saying, I'm going to do something productive. One day of saying, I'm not sleeping in, going to church today. Might be the day God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Might be the day God prompts you to be baptized and wash away your sins. Might be the day God gives you a revelation of life-transforming understanding. That one little thing when the alarm went off to either shut it off or get out of bed can transform your life. And this isn't a power of positive thinking message, but I'm here to tell you Little things can make big differences. That's why I tell people, don't let, the, don't let life keep you out of church. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how rugged Saturday was and how bad Monday's looking. Get yourself out of bed and be in the house of God. Little things. 
I don't care how hard life has been and how difficult things are and what's went, what, what went wrong and the notice you just got from the bank and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the car isn't starting. I don't care about all of these things. Don't let it knock you off your trajectory. The Bible says praise God in all things and then it says praise God for all things. No matter what is going on in my life, I will praise the Lord. Lord of all creation. I will go to bed thanking God for his sustenance. I will wake up in the morning saying, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can you say amen? The W fell off and everything is different. Why is it that sincere, God-loving people, some who have been around many, many years, some who have done great things for God, suddenly start falling away? Why does that happen? The answer is very simple. They did just one little thing. They allowed their vision to get clouded. They forgot how important they were to God. They let the world remove their W. Just a little thing. You don't really even hardly notice it. Just a little thing. Their prayer life changed. Their church attendance changed. Their desire to worship changed. Just a little thing. It started them on a trajectory that moved further and further and further away from God. I will never forget when I first came to church and God starting, started me on a new trajectory. <laughs> now, I was a mess. I was, a, I was worse than you people. And I had a, I had a sharp... <laughs> I had a sharp right-hand turn he needed to make with me. It wasn't gradual. It wasn't I need to gradually steer you. You just need to turn making an about-face here. You are, you are just, you are in the, not only in the wrong road, going the wrong, you are just, everything is wrong with you. <laughs> and the Lord started changing me. And I thank God he doesn't do it all at once. You know, and you've heard my story. I'm not going to tell it again. But first it was the cigarettes. Then it was the cursing. Then it was the drugs. And then there was the drama. I don't even know the order. But he didn't say, okay, no more cursing, no more drugs, no more cigarettes, no more dope, no more. He just said, all right, let's, let's stop the cursing. And then once I got that under my belt, he said, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's work on the drinking. And after three or four things to let's work on, that's when I finally dawned on me. And I looked up, to, this is, as God's my witness, I was in a church service and I raised my hands to worship God and I felt one more conviction. I think it might've been my long hair. And, 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 and I felt, oh, this just doesn't feel right all of a sudden. And, all, and I, as God is my witness, I said in my heart to God, I said, this never ends, does it? <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm starting to catch on here. I got a feeling when I get the, get the haircut, something else, you're going to find something else you want. And that's what he is, you know. He doesn't dump it all on you at once. It's going to help you a little bit at a time to become the person that he made you to be. But I remember at the time someone else came into the church at the exact same time. I, there was a group of us that came in, young people. 
And I remember being, a group of us young people were over at this one person's house, and we were talking about our new experience in God and the things that were happening and how awesome it was and how good it was. And we were talking about the subject came up of convictions and how God was making me feel guilty about this. And someone, yeah, I know. And I felt like, you know, this was wrong. And then someone said this. And when this person said this, my heart sank and my heart broke. Because this person said, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I was driving in the car the other day and started listening to, 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 to some of this old music I used to listen to. And I felt that feeling of I shouldn't listen to this. You know, the, the rock music that's all about drugs and drink and alcohol and all this stuff. And she said, I was listening to a rock song and, and I felt in my heart not to do it. And then I thought to myself, this is getting ridiculous. This is going too far. And my heart smote me. Because I knew right then, if you stop letting God direct your steps, he'll no longer be able to direct. If you can say no to him about this, you'll be able to say no to him about anything. And my heart is broken, but that person lived and died already and did not come back to serve the Lord. And I thought, Lord, don't ever let me get to the place where when you tell me something, I say, this is getting ridiculous. You do with me as you please. Mold me and make me after thy will. The old songwriter wrote and said, while I am waiting, yielded and still. All right, next week we're going to get into my sermon. Praise God. What is our vision? Where are we going? Let's talk about Isaiah's vision next week, shall we? I thought this was going to be a three-part. I haven't even started it yet, so this is part one. Part 1A is next week, all right? Where's our musicians? I don't know what song, if you have already have a song on your heart, but boy, something of, something of wanting to let Jesus, I don't even know. You got something, right? God bless the McCoys, this music team, these ladies singing. As they begin to sing, I want to ask you if you feel God or you feel willing to let God begin to make in you any change he wants. Now, listen, he's not going to slap you, knock you down and force you to do anything. He'll gently lead you. And he will never ask you to do anything you are not emotionally, physically, and mentally prepared to do. So don't ever be afraid of him. Don't ever be afraid to say to God, have thine own way, for fear that he's going to just not beat you down until you feel so worthless that... No, 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 no. Jesus loves you greater than a parent loves their own children. Who's that, baby Noah out there crying? Aww. The cutest cry. <laughs> Says us who don't listen to it all day. What's that baby crying for? Needs something. What's mom and dad trying to do with that baby that's crying? Find out how to help it. 
What's your heavenly father going to try to do with you if you'll come down here right now? Cry out and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Take my life. Use it. Have thine own way. Let your will be done. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.